Welcome to the Mind Tales podcast. We're a fast-growing tech mental health startup here to bring you the insights that you need to boost your emotional health and well-being and to thrive in your daily life. It's our goal to make quality mental health both accessible and inclusive. We hope that you enjoy today's episode of the Mind Tales Collective. Welcome to this episode of the Mind Tales Collective podcast. With us today is Hashil. Hashil is a mental health and well-being counselor and he is based in Oman. Good morning, Hashil. How are you today? Good morning. Doing absolutely well. Um, today we want to talk a bit about uh, your journey of becoming a counselor and also male mental health in general and male mental health in the region. So let's um, kick it off. What was it that inspired you to become a counselor in the first place? I mean, this started um, years ago, I think when I was in my teens, I think maybe about, what, 13, 14, 15. At that time, um, I don't know, I used to like helping people solve their problems. So people would come up to me and talk to me about their problems, I'd give them solutions. And uh, what's interesting about my story is I didn't really want to go into the field of psychology and mental health. I actually wanted to go into finance and uh, accounting uh, and business. But um, back in 2008, I was in the UK uh, visiting uh, some of my siblings. They were studying there at the time. And I remember I was in one of the libraries and I was just uh, looking into behaviorism, psychoanalysis and human behavior. Um, really caught my eye when I was, you know, just researching, uh, reading about it. And I felt like, all right, this, this might be an interesting career pathway. And uh, I mean, lo and behold, here I am. I mean, uh, I'm very, very much interested in it. Um, went to the UK after I graduated from high school, did my undergrad, and you know, just been gaining experience mainly in the clinical setting and outside the clinical setting. Um, but yeah, I, I see a lot of um, benefit. So what got me into it in particular was just wanting to help people thrive, basically, in their lives. Mm -hmm. Super interesting. And did you have the full support of your family and friends when you made the decision to become a counselor and enter the field? My family, yes. Friends, uh, some yes, some didn't really understand, like, why are you going to take psychology? I mean, you know, here in the Middle East, other parts of the world, but also particularly in the Middle East, they, 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 at that time, we're talking about 2009, 2008, 2009 and 10, people still didn't know, like, okay, are you going to be dealing with the mentally ill? You're going to be dealing with people who are insane, working in mental health hospitals. What's going on? Why do you need this? What? What? There are no jobs for it. And uh, at the time, I felt like, all right, it's just a normal thing that people are going to be telling me. But I know that in future, this will be in demand. Where in this case, it really is at this moment in time. Uh, but yeah, uh, most of my family members gave me full support. Some people, they felt like, okay. Uh, okay why don't you just take engineering or piloting or mm -hmm. you know something that's common you know <laughs> something that will get you a, a a real career path you know because so, not many people at the time were actually taking i was like one out of a hundred thousand are probably taking uh psychology as a degree whereas now um here in oman in particular it's starting to grow a yeah. lot of people are taking interest into it uh, parents are actually encouraging their, their some of their children to actually take upon this uh career path and uh, I'm really happy to see that, yeah. And do you have many counselors now and clinics in Oman? Like, is it common to go see a psychologist or what is the state? 
Um, currently, I mean, if you compare it to 10 years ago, things are, you know, getting better. There is progress. Um, compared to the rest of the GCC, we don't have as many um, sort of like psychologists, therapists and counsellors, um, but it is growing. Um, we are growing in terms of um, more mental health clinics and they're working very hard in the campaign and the awareness. They're very, they're, 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 you know, intensive, immensely active. Um, we're getting more graduates. So that that is growing as well. More people are going abroad to study and to specialize. And I think, you know, the future is looking bright. Yeah. What have you um, personally learned during your journey of becoming a counselor? Uh, to be honest, um, I've learned that a lot of people, this is actually said, uh, one client actually told me this, and that was uh, apparently people who, you know, like, Psychologists, counselors, and therapists are supposedly, quote unquote, meant to be the, uh, the most happiest people in the world. You know, they have no problems at all. And people forget that we're also human beings. Uh, we have our ups and downs. There are days where I don't want to see faces. There are days where I'm also feeling low. And that's part of human nature. People are forgetting that part of human nature is some days you have, you know, you've got good days and you've got bad days. Um, I think I mentioned recently, actually, one of the mind tells, they asked me to do a video on um, the ways of staying motivated at work. And I mentioned at the end is acceptance, except that you'll have good days and bad days. So um, you know, even athletes, the top athletes in the world, you know, there are days where they don't perform or they underperform rather. So for my journey in particular, one of the things I've been learning um, is that I can't be happy or motivated all the time I'm, I too am going to be affected I too need to put myself in the shoes of the people that I see that you know and that kind this is where the empathy sort of comes in where you really understand that they're human they fall into this and that you are also human you could fall into this at times um, and sometimes that can help to relate um, in a way but you know another thing that I've learned is um, in terms of like You know, you, you hear a lot about spirituality, sort of sometimes religion, faith, uh, playing a part in mental health. It does, but not necessarily. So what I mean to say is that people tend to associate, let's say, uh, poor mental health with uh, lack of faith. Now, there's no doubt that faith can help, spirituality can help, but there are some times where, you know, you're just human. You go through these ups and downs. It's finding the solution. It's finding, okay, what are the ways, the strategies, the techniques that can help you feel better about yourself and about the situation that you're in so i guess it's more of um how do we as human beings develop a solution oriented mindset or a problem solving outlook yeah so when you were when you're feeling low when you have any issues you want to share do you turn to your friends or do you also sometimes see a professional like how do you deal with it um I can turn sometimes to close family members, those are my trust. I might open up to a friend or two. Um, I won't lie, I've even spoken to, you know, like supervisors or seniors. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm dealing with, uh, whether it be like sometimes my own issues, a personal issue, I might, you know, open up to them and just tell, tell them, look, I'm currently going through this or this. What would you advise me? Like, you know, do you have any advice? Could I get your counsel? And I think that's really important to seek help um, there's nothing wrong with us as sort of counselors and mental health professionals in seeking help ourselves mm -hmm. because frankly speaking, you know, um, sometimes we are in need of solutions. So here's the thing, here's the, here's the thing, Jenna, 
The thing here is that apparently we're meant to know all the solutions. We are meant to know all the solutions. Now, let me give you a good example. I know personally fitness trainers, people who are in the fitness industry, mm-hmm. who are meant to be specialists on how to lose weight, how to stay healthy, how to, you know, balance their diet, nutrition, and what, 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 how to how to develop a eat, healthy eating sort of lifestyle. But don't get it don't get it twisted. The reality is, is that even they, you know, you know, they they have their turbulence sometimes. Sometimes they've got their ups and downs. Sometimes you might find out that he's he's starting to pull out, you know, put on a belly, for example, because we're human. We go through ups and downs. Sometimes they need further advice from, you know, maybe their seniors or others to, you know, kind of like sort out their issues. Likewise, now let's come back into the mental health and m- emotional well-being. Uh, we as mental health professionals, you know, we're human. We struggle at the end of the day. I'll give you a very good example, and that is my project supervisor. When I was doing my dissertation for my undergraduate degree, you know, one of the reasons why my deadline had to be postponed was because my project supervisor, one of his closest relatives passed away. He was from Greece. Mm -hmm. And, you know, know, even someone like him, who at the time was the director of the counseling psychology doctorate program, you know, and he's a counseling psychologist, he's a clinical psychologist, and he does a lot of therapy and what have you. But even him, he went through a period of bereavement and grief. And he opened up to, he told, well, he opened up fully, but like he did tell me like personally that like, you know, this guy was very close to me. He was like a brother to me and it kind of affected me, his, his, his passing. So it got me realizing, you know, like we too tend to have, you know, our ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that, that what I'm trying to get to, and I'll end it here, is that um, a lot of people tend to think that we're always happy. We always have the solutions. Sometimes no. I'll be very honest with you. I sometimes get my solutions from clients. <laughs> Not that I ask them, but I but I learn from them. That's yeah. why I enjoy when I when I'm with them. I get I, I get a lot of insights. I really sat down one day just getting insights from like two three different people. It was it was so insightful. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, and often it's easier to even give advice to a friend who's in this situation. But if you're in a similar situation yourself, you don't know what to do, or you might even do the opposite. You know, it's always easier if you're not involved because you're more objective. You look at it from the outside, from another perspective. So that makes sense. Um, and how, how do you prevent compassion fatigue when you're counseling? How do you check in with your own emotions? Um, how do you set boundaries or not let certain things, conversations get to you personally? This is a very good question. And um, I think this is something that all um, anyone in the health and social care, are, you know, sort of prone to experience. We're basically prone to experience this. Um, I mean, one way is trying to be mindful of your emotions at the time, your thoughts and emotions of the scenario, the situation, the person that you talk to, the client uh, or a patient, if you're working in a hospital. Um, one, I remember speaking to an, a, a colleague a couple of years ago who was a psychiatrist. I asked him, how do you switch off? You know, being a psychiatrist uh, for a number of years, you've got you know, wealth of experience, how do you, how did you practice switching off? And he used to tell me this, he said, it takes time, but I have learned that when I'm walking out of the hospital or the office, um, I've learned to 
as I'm walking to my car, I'm in that process of shutting off or shutting down. Shutting down from what? Shutting down from work entirely. Not just in terms of the work that I have to do or the administrative stuff, but I'm also talking about shutting down from all the cases and stories that I've heard of so that I do not allow them to affect me. The moment I get into my car, I'm on off-duty mode. So it's kind of like that psychological detachment, which I tend to advocate a lot these days. And that is, you know, a lot of people with their work-related stress are experiencing that difficulty of detaching themselves psychologically. And we, as mental health professionals, have the same problem. And it's just learning to switch off. So you're on duty mode, and then you're switching to an off-duty mode. So it's like online switching off to on offline type of thing, mm-hmm. if you if you get what I mean. So it's it's literally that switch. And to be honest, these days I'm really learning to uh, develop that sort of habit that you know don't think about these cases because it's very common for us um, as mental health professionals or even as a healthcare professionals. We're always thinking about solutions. Not about just the problems. We're thinking about solutions, meaning how do I solve this case? How do I solve this problem? And even lawyers, if you think of it, lawyers don't sleep much because they think about their cases. How am I going to solve this? How am I going to deal with this? It's like a very investigative mindset. You know, how do I solve this case? And it's the same for us. How do I solve? Because our jobs is what? A doctor saves lives. Us, we save minds. If we save minds and emotions, we save people's lives at the same time. But we just can't help ourselves. However, that's not justification that we have to allow it to affect our personal lives, which will then later on affect our social lives, how we are with our family, how we are with our friends, how we are with our social gatherings. It's important that we just develop that behavior and and, and sort of ability to switch, the, the ability to switch off, to shut down, move from that, you know, that whatever therapist, counselor, um, sort of practitioner mode to a human being mode. I'm now a human being. I am what I am, you know, when I'm working, what have you. But, you know, I'm a human being at the same time. Allow me to be that human being. Allow me to enjoy being a human being where I can enjoy the things that I like to enjoy outside working hours. Um, I know a good, I know apparently a doctor who tends to go to cafes now and then and he just, you know, reads his book and that's, that's, him finding a way to kind of switch off, you know. I know I'm a doctor, but like I like to sit in a quiet area and just be in my zone. So that's something important. Compassion fatigue, I think it's just about us developing the habit of switching off from off duty, on duty mode to off duty mode. Yeah, still easier said than done, but <laughs> theory... not easy, yeah, not easy at all. Okay, so let's talk about stigma on mental health in the Middle East. Um, what in your opinion, can be done to tackle that? You said there was already a lot of positive developments, but what else is lacking? Uh, at this moment, I mean, stigma 10 years ago compared to now has started to reduce. And COVID helped on our behalf. COVID helped, I would say, the whole of the Middle East to understand that There's nothing wrong if you're going through problems in life that are affecting you mentally, psychologically, cognitively, and emotionally. Um, that it's not just a, a matter of you being diagnosed, quote-unquote, with a mental illness. No, you're just going through certain struggles that any human being could go through, and you're being affected emotionally. So I think with COVID, it opened up a lot of insight to people that, you know what, there's really nothing wrong with having 
or experiencing emotional distress because you lost a loved one or you lost uh, um, a, an opportunity or a business or a job and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the good thing is that people are starting to actually accept it. And people are not only accepting it, but people are now more than before willing to actually seek support. Yes, there is still stigma due to the culture, due to the customs, um, you know, due to um, sort of like, yeah, people are, you know, coming out slowly. There are still people a bit reluctant, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, people are starting to accept it. So I'll give you a good example. Um, I work in, 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 in a very sort of medical area. Uh, I work, let's say, uh, also in a hospital where, let's say, um, I see mainly people have, you know, medical uh, conditions. So for them to relate their medical conditions to their mental health, like being diagnosed with diabetes or being diagnosed with cancer, being diagnosed with uh, chronic pain, for example, or experiencing chronic pain, how does that affect or impact their mental health? Now they're trying to slowly accept that, yeah, this is something that is affecting me emotionally. And you know what, when they hear that, you know, there is a, you know, there's a counseling service available, psychological service available. A lot of them are just jumping and diving into it. Like, yes, we've been looking for these people. I need help. I need support. I need someone to talk to. I need someone who I can open up and ventilate my problems and perhaps look for solutions. So I would say uh, things are gradually getting better. Okay. And what else can be done? Sorry? What else can be done? Just the discourse? Um... Oh yeah, what else can be done? I think we need more awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do need more practitioners. Uh, we definitely need more practitioners. Um, we need more awareness, more activities. Uh, we need support from a sort of public level as well as a uh, you know a private level as well. Um, but definitely, I think in Oman, we need more practitioners. There is a lack of that. Um, more awareness is needed, uh, which I believe, you know, many, many different organizations, charities and different sort of mental health and, 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 and um, medical settings that they're trying their level best to promote. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we need more practitioners. What I mean by practitioners, we need more qualified sort of counselors, therapists, psychologists, uh, psychiatrists are growing. They're actually growing. But on our side of you know, non-pharmacological, you know, non-pharmacological treatments. We're talking about more therapists, counselors, and psychologists. We're not as many, and I think we, 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 although we are growing very, very slowly, we do need more of them. Uh, we definitely do need more of them. And do you have any thoughts on male mental health in the region? What is the the main challenge there? I spoke at an event around a week ago, and. Uh, We talked about this topic and um, male mental health is important. Um, all around the world, uh, male mental health is something that's serious in terms of like men struggle to open up their sort of emotions. Um, here in the Middle East, um, it's a, you know, a greater struggle because, you know, your masculinity is being questioned. There's ego and there's, um, you know, a lot of people were sort of taught to not talk about their emotions. There's no time for you to open up or talk about emotions. Some people tend to feel that if I speak about it, I'm not being man enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should just hide it. Um, I, had a, I had a client once who was, you know, he had, a, he had a difficulty opening up about his infertility issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had been married for about seven or eight years and still no children. And as he was opening up, like he, I could see like a tear coming out 
And he's like, he he actually said, quote unquote, like I can't believe, I don't even know how to talk about this. Like I can't believe, I, I can't believe I'm talking about this. I don't even know how to open this up, but it's it's affecting me. It's really really affecting me. I just, it's 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 something that, you know, society. I feel like I've got societal pressure. Um, I don't know how to open up this to you, but like it's it's a struggle that I have. I just can't help to continue thinking about it. And you know, uh, many other men, same thing. Um, they have that struggle to kind of open up in terms of like I feel like I'm going to be judged like and they would admit to me look I'm sorry but like I, I don't know if I'll be judged you're you know you're a male I don't know what to expect and I said it's completely understandable because at the end of the day that's why here in I, I don't know about the, the rest of the world but I know like here in the GCC in Oman in particular some males or a, a lot of males tend to have a preference to see a female therapist or a female counselor or a female psychologist psychologist because they feel like they might tend to have you know a bit of a a, a man a man might sort of be very masculine with them or maybe judgmental uh which has perhaps maybe happened before but uh it is an issue although i tried to speak to many men and i uh, had a discussion once with a good friend of mine and he said we need to end this we really need to stop you know hiding ourselves uh, we're not saying go public and talk about your issues, but we need to open up to people we trust. We need to trust one another and stop being judgmental with one another that, you know, we can't have problems that we can't admit to them. So, you know, that was insightful to me. And I said, you know what, that helped me personally uh, to even open up to sort of my own issues sometimes because um, it can be a struggle. I even related to my own personal experience. It can be a struggle sometimes as a man to open up. But I think within time, things will start to get easier. Mm-hmm. So one last question: What would be the one change that you would um, wish to see around mental health and male mental health in the region? What I wish to see, um, I think, more awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say awareness, I'm not just talking about campaigns. I'm not just talking about events. I'm also talking about um, even on social media. Um, that's what I do personally. Um, I, I mean, a lot of my videos is just for the sake of educating people. I think there needs to be more of that education as well, and reassuring people that there's nothing wrong with opening up. But you know, when you open up, open up to the right people, uh, mm-hmm. to people you trust, and you know, uh, you know, letting it out is better than keeping it in. And I think there's a lot, there's a need for that, uh, both you know, from professionals, practitioners, and also at a public level. Um, definitely, uh, there's a need for that, and I think. Um, see, the, the the problem is, is I understand that sometimes people, people's uh, previous experiences with counselors before they felt like I've had people tell me personally that um, you know I, I was put off by a number of counselors or therapists previously because I didn't have a very good experience with them. And I say that's understandable. And um, you know, I'm very fortunate that when they, you know, they tell me that when they're with me, they feel like things are a bit different. And I think I want that to be the same. I want people to understand that when you go and seek professional help, um, we are by by default you're meant to you're meant to come in there. You know, having a seeing someone who will not be judgmental, who will not be criticizing you, someone who'll be open, empathetic. Uh, will give you what we call an unconditional positive regard. When we see you, we see a human being. Regardless of your faith or belief or values, we respect you as you are as a human being. And we're here to listen. 
We're here to hear you. We're here to try to understand and come up with solutions. Yeah. So I hope that can be, you know, uh, trained on the professional level um, and also, you know, on a public level, you know, just educate people on, you know, um, how to open up your feelings and also not just about the problems but the solutions as well. What are the solutions to your problems? And to provide people with techniques and strategies that they can use uh, for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that was all question. Thank you so much for your um, time. Thank you for inviting me. Besides all the efforts you're doing in the field. And Thank you. To speak to you again soon. Thank we'll you. Do, do. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in today. If you like this episode or if you have any questions or comments, let us know. You can connect with us on Instagram at MindTalesOfficial. It makes us so happy to hear from the MindTales community and we hope to see you next time. Stay safe.